transmission, where on modelofcontrol.com gains a voice. Welcome to Transmission 022, a bit later than planned, as usual. I'm Adam. <laughs> I'm Daisy. We're talking about the A to Z of industrial music. We're continuing with the letter N this week. N. N for November. This is the second part of it. Uh, we got through God knows how many F last time. We've got a couple more that won't finish this week as well. We'll talk some more in a bit. But here's something that, well, you should know this, so I'm not going to tell you what it is.
as if I really need to tell any of the listeners to this, that was Nine Inch Nails, of course. With was some, it? I with, never guessed. Uh-huh, was somewhat <laughs> damaged from The Fragile of 1999, possibly one of the most overblown albums I've ever heard in my life. It's 21 great. 21 years old. Feel old? I feel old. I really do, and I remember buying it. I Me remember too. listening to it in my god-awful flat in Archway when I bought, first bought it. <laughs> I remember having... Well, I had the album on CD, but I had that song on a... Uh, a mixtape somebody had made me in the car. Um, and the fact that I had mixtapes definitely makes me feel a bit old. Yeah. The thing is, it's weird, because I can't. I can think of very few people into what we're talking about that can possibly say that they either don't like Nine Inch Nails or are unaware of them. It's. I mean, is it actually possible to listen to the kind of music that we do and not be aware of them? I think some people probably don't like them. I mean, that's fair enough. Mm Music's subjective. But, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, they are... I mean, let's face it, they are the gateway drug to industrial for a lot of teens listening to alternative music. Or at least were in the 90s. I'm not sure if that's still the case today. But in the late 90s, if you were going to rock clubs, you'd hear Nine Inch Nails. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. I first heard them hearing... Would have been Head Like a Hole and Wish on 120 Minutes on MTV Europe in the early 90s. They were the ones that got me. I think I first heard them at the Old Rock Club in Leicester playing Closer, because the Old Rock Club in Leicester was nothing if not somewhat predictable in its music choices. (laughs) Yes, and if I I have a, what I might call an unofficial ban on playing Closer. I think a lot DJ of sets. DJs do nowadays. If I ever play it, I'll be playing the ver- the Closer to God remix because it's vastly better. Uh, but otherwise, my normal go-to in recent years has been Heresy because it's a banger of a dance floor tune. But there's other options. I mean, There's you... about 20 dance floor uh-huh. bangers, at yeah. least. And that's just off the first two albums and the EPs. Yep, yep. So... We probably, for those who are listening to this who may be new to it, we should probably explain. Nine Inch Nails' first album was in 1989 for Pretty Hate Machine, and then Broken and Wish, uh, Broken and Fixed, sorry, followed in 1992, then The Downward Spiral in 94, and then The Lengthy Gap to The Fragile in 1999. He's continued to be very active in recent years with lots of EPs and weird bits and pieces and the lovely Ghosts and instrumental let albums. us not forget Oscar winning Oscar winning soundtrack writer nowadays touring occasionally and um, who'd have thought back when we were teenagers listening to a guy whose lyrical excellence included you know I wanna fuck you like an animal that that guy would go on to win an Oscar yeah yeah and and you know, and he brought up various other bands for better or worse along the way. Has worked with a ton of artists. David Bowie. David Bowie as well has inspired probably as many as as that to go and do new things. I mean, the, his production techniques and the people he works with, the sound like the sound of the downward spiral is insane. Like I, I remember looking at list, looking at the liner notes, going, "They did what?" <laughs> with some of the stuff. And then, of that. course, came the remasters a couple of years back. Uh huh. Which reminds me, I really must get the fragile remaster on vinyl, but it's yes. about sixty quid and three vinyls. Are, but I need the remasters it. are well worth listening to because holy hell, they are uh-huh. clearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and some of them really did need it, and others maybe didn't. But the downward spiral remaster of a few years ago on SACD is amazing. I remember uh, when you were DJing. 
oh, when, yes. when um, Pretty Hate uh, Machine, Machine was remastered, and you put your original and the remaster on the decks simultaneously and mixed between the two, and the volume change was yeah. phenomenal. And I remember the, listening to that album and details in things like Sanctified, where there's like choral bits and stuff that I'd never heard in the mix before until we put that remaster on. Um, so, you know, proof that remastering works if it's done properly. But anyway, we should probably move on. Otherwise, we'll talk for those nails for the whole hour. Yeah, and then do a third episode on end. You know, let's let's get to it. Okay, fine. Um, Well, I'm going to dig around this week because there's a load of stuff that you probably won't have heard, and then a few things you will have heard this week, um, and some really obscure bits and pieces in my list that I wanted to mention. Okay. Of which this is one of them. Uh, This next is negative format.
was Solid State by Negative Format from their last album, Gradient, that was on Metropolis in 2008. And I really, really love that album. It's one of those albums that I like to put on in the background when I'm doing something, because it's a lovely, mellow, kind of trancy industrial album. But I get the feeling your face suggests that you were like, meh, about it. Was, it was fine. You know, it wasn't unpleasant, at least. Well, that makes a change, listeners. But, eh. <coughs> they were Yeah, they were a group from L.A., um, mainly around Alex Matthew, uh, but uh, he had Rashree Natson doing vocals for him uh, on some songs. A lot of their songs were quite long and quite kind of tranced out industrial techno more than anything else and then had occasional vocals on them. Um, but they did about six or seven albums over the years, but I think they disappeared after that album, sadly, and kind of I caught on to them far too late. <laughs> As is frequently the way. Um, one of the funny things about this week, actually, looking at my list, is that there's an awful lot of songs that are instrumental this week. Oh, um, not by any design, it's just the way it's worked out, but the uh, the songs that do have lyrics have very prominent lyrics, so, you know, one way or one, six or one, half a dozen or the other. Um, so anyway, should we move on from negative format okay. and um, on to another artist you probably won't know a great deal about, but you'll know the people involved with it. Uh, this is Noise Unit.
That was Dominator by Noise Unit from their 1996 album Drill that was an offbeat, and then Metropolis, depending on which part of the world you were in. Uh, does that sound familiar at all? Because it should. Uh, no? One of the many side projects related to Frontline Assembly. Oh. Um, kind of an instrumental project that Bill Lieb had during the 90s, uh, and a bit later as well, and apparently there's a new album coming. Uh, but I'm going to have to read this from Discogs because this is complex and took me a while to understand. But it started out as a collaboration between Bill Lieb and Mark Verhagen of The Clinic. They did the first two albums. The third album, Reese Fulber replaced Mark. Then Decoder was made with the leftovers and aborted Frontline Assembly album in the mid-90s. And then finally Drill was a collaboration with the guys from The Clinic and Howjob. As you do. As you do. Um, But broadly the theme was stompingly heavy, atmospheric industrial without vocals. Um, and kind of nowadays Frontline Assembly do that themselves and just sell it under their own name but weirdly Noise Unit was always separate um, but it's got there's a lot of people that much, much loved that project and uh, and it was quite influential in a lot of people who've done more instrumental kind of thoughtful stuff since but probably not your bag nah. no I thought not <laughs> thing is I don't think the next song's going to be your bag either but then to be honest it was never really mine either but they need to be mentioned I mean nothing's ever my bag is it really let's face it well this you will this you will probably know from days at club nights and particularly the the group itself you will have heard in Sheffield nights in the past mm-hmm. but maybe not this song this is noise effects Thank you. 
That was Club Hit by Noise Effects from their 2011 release, Dead End District on Pro Noise. Man, there was a time where you couldn't fucking escape <laughs> Noise Effects and such harsh industrial on dance floors. Yep. Um, that actually came from the end of it. I mean, t- 2011, broadly, we were getting bored of it by that point. Or at least we were getting bored of it. Yes. I'm not sure about everybody else. <laughs> no. um, but, I mean, that song is, you know, I mean, it's... It's direct. It does the job. At least it's not full of misogynistic trash as That's some of true. those songs are. I yeah, mean, the lyrics are, I mean, inoffensive in that way. Yeah, which makes a change. Um, because that, let's be honest, that harsh industrial scene was not a uh, inclusive genre. Um, you know, the amount of women I saw dancing to it and liking it kind of surprised me, seeing as how much of it was such trash. But, um, you know, everyone has their own opinions. But, um, but yes, I never really liked noise effects, I have to confess. They were one that passed me by. Yep, um, not, not my thing. Although they are actually a side project. They are the side project of... Everybody's a bloody side project. Well, quite. And they are the side project of X-Fusion. See what they did there. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, that, yeah. anyway, eh. moving on. <laughs> um, moving on to uh, something a little more relaxed now. Uh, this is Natura Est.
was Matura Est with The Flawless Shore from their album Second that was on Mahorka last year. Uh, that's their second album, strangely enough. <laughs> was the uh, first one called First? No, just Matura Est. Um, that was a, it's a dark ambient project between Tony Young of Autoclub 1.1 and Andreas Davids from Zotox. Uh, so two people who are a bit more au fait with... Um, Heavier duty industrial <laughs> music in, as a general rule. Um, yes, it was definitely quieter than some of Tony's other stuff. Uh, yes, very much so, and it's and certainly than Zotox. Um, but it's a kind of a nice dark ambient diversion and very mellow. Um, I, dark dark ambient is not my wheelhouse. There are experts on this subject that I know <laughs> it is not mine. I listen to some of it as a casual observer, uh, and it's pleasant. And it's one of those things that I will put on where I need some music, but not necessarily something that's going to distract me, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, but it also that song also comes with some really pretty visuals, if I'm not mistaken, of Vik uh, in Iceland, which is one of the most beautiful beaches I've ever stood on in my life. Although cold and wet <laughs> and black sand. But, uh, but yeah, it's a very atmospheric video that goes with it and is well worth picking up. Uh, so, um, so now we're going to go to something a lot louder. Oh, joy! Yeah, um, a bit of a throwback to the 90s. This is Nail Bomb.
was Wasting Away by Nail Bomb uh, from the album Point Blank on Roadrunner in 1996. The voice may have been familiar. Shouty. Max Cavalera of Sepultura. Shouty. Yup, um, with Alex Newport of Fudge Tunnel. Uh, That's a terrible name. It really is. Uh, the one and only album that Nail Bomb ever did, and they only ever did two live shows, too. Um, but it was kind of an industrial metal project that was absolutely brutal as a listen because it doesn't let up once. Um, and Shouty. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but, you know, it's kind of thing that I grew up on and I kind still of thing love. that you like. Uh-huh, damn straight it is. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, Max Cavalera went and did with his own band and Igor, I think, was involved at one point and they toured that album a couple of years ago but only in the US. Bastards. <laughs> we were all hoping it would come over here but it didn't. Uh, I hear it was very good though. Um, but yes, uh, a useful diver, a nice diversion from Max there of Sepultura at the time. Um, and mm. Sepultura were never as good after Max left. <laughs> hey ho. Um, anyway, let's move on. Um, you might recognise the sample at the start of the next song, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, this next band is called Necrotech. <laughs> the trigger. Mm-hmm. 
trigger. That was None More Black by Necrotech from the None More Black EP of 2009 that came out on Vendetta Music. Uh, I like that group a lot when they were around. They sent me, I, I actually came across them thanks to a unsolicited promo that I got sent in the late 2000s for their first album. And, uh, and I've stayed in touch with James Geist ever since. And, uh, and it was quite a cool project, but I kind of can't imagine that it was really your thing. Not really my thing, although, you know, I always approve of um, sampling Spinal Tap. Fair. And, and it kind of actually showed a little bit of a sense of humour in this project as well, because it was always unremittingly dark and quite kind of grim-sounding with, with... None more black! Yeah, and then sampling Spinal Tap. Excellent work. Um, but yes, very kind of skinny puppy, velvet acid Christy weirdness. Uh, abounds and some of the other tracks are very very strange indeed um, but there's some interesting remix work going on as well and uh, kind of one of those projects that maybe should have had better uh, and more attention than it did but hey ho there's always loads of music out there and not everyone can do everything <laughs> so you know hey I struggle never mind, as a writer and never mind you lot they're trying to buy stuff um, where does your hard earned money go next who knows um, <sighs> yeah um, I had that problem recently in fact um Anyway, next up is an artist I I love, uh, and I'm not sure you really care <laughs> too much as I've been listening to them for the last decade. Uh, this is Noir. Yeah. 
phase from their 2013 album Darkly Near that came out on Metropolis. Uh, Noir is Athan Maroulis who was the vocalist of Spahn Ranch for many years in the 90s and into the 2000s just, uh, <laughs> at which point he then kind of retreated away from music and ended up joining a jazz trio and <laughs> uh, and a um, um, black tape for a blue girl for a while before returning to electronics with Noir which was apparently meant to be a covers project originally, and there are a number of covers he's done, including a glorious cover of Every Ho- Every Dream Home Has a Heartache, uh, the Boxy Music track. Mm-hmm. That's lovely at the end of this album. Um, and another cover of A Forest, too. Uh, <laughs> we made another cover of that. But there's some other really interesting covers that he's done. Um, but he's also fascinating company and a, a kind of extremely knowledgeable musician. Um, I loved Spawn Ranch, so Noir was all, as soon as Noir appeared, I was like, yeah, I'll get on that. Uh, and Time Phase is probably my favourite song on that album. Um, he's got a great voice, a kind of a voice that doesn't really scream industrial. It's kind of a, <laughs> which is good because the voices that scream industrial well tend to scream. Yeah, he's got such a rich kind of soulful voice, and it kind of really does make his music sound different. It was alright. Yeah. Hmm? Wow, Daisy likes something shocking. Um, right, so let's move on. Something you might. Not like? Well, you might remember it, you might not. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, well, it comes from the, your Sheffield years, that's for sure. Oh. And I was playing it a fair bit at the time. Yeah, uh, but I was drunk a lot in my Sheffield years. Fair point. Still, we probably danced to this. This is Northbourne.
period isn't it it is and it's also another icon of coil side project because it was christian lund the third member of icon of coils <laughs> one and only side project to my knowledge um but uh, rather less problematic than some of the others that have become um <laughs> but it was you know it was slick as you say dance floor mu- industrial dance floor music of the time uh, the pill has stood up well some of the rest of it maybe hasn't so well and if anyone can tell me where the hell those samples are from, I'd love to hear from you because they're <laughs> bugging the shit out of me. Because uh, they sound really familiar. They do, and I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably sixties or seventies films. I sounds think. Like certainly. Like sci-fi yeah. of that time. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, I kind of I used to play that song quite a bit when I was DJing you on did. dance floors because it was one of those that was a guaranteed filler, and it was just like you know that kind of beat. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do nicely. <clears throat> and I think I saw them live at one at least once, supporting huh? someone at Corp, um, but I couldn't remember who. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, so yeah, okay, we've got two more songs left this week. Okay. One of which you'll know, one of which you won't. Uh, this is the one you won't. This is Nuclear Sun. All by Nuclear Sun from their album Rising on uh, in 2015. Sound familiar at all? Think you no. should probably know which label that comes from or who they might be affiliated with. No. You probably it's on glitch mode. I. Oh, then. Yeah, yeah and they. I, I seem to recall Tal Kleiger, who is Nuclear Sun. I'm sure he's performed with Cyanotic <laughs> at least once or. Com- 
I think what we uh, learn from that, uh, listeners, is that despite now being over halfway through the alphabet, I've not learned very much about industrial. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know... (laughs) Sometimes. <laughs> what can I do? I try my best. Um, but yes, nu- I hope you're better informed after all of this than I am. But anyway, Nuclear Sun are um, one of the newer bands on Glitch Mode and of the kind of wider community that's involved with all of that. So, you know, stomping industrial, drum and bass, guitars. Very much Adam's thing. Oh, very much my wheelhouse. And I quite like Nuclear Sun. That was their first album and they've done various tracks ever since. I believe there's another album coming, If I, unless I've already missed it. If I have, sorry guys, I will pick it up soon. <laughs> um, I can't keep up on everything. Um, but, uh, but anyway, we have one more song. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what it okay. is because um, a certain vocalist has one question for you. Well, it's the youth!
Our final song this week was, of course, Mitzareb with Murderous from That Total Age on Mute in 1987. So the uh, youth that they were asking where they are, they, they, they've uh, grown up by now, I suspect. Had kids, probably had grandkids probably by that got, point. Yeah, yeah, a whole new generation of the youth. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, what's, I still find it amazing that I can hear Murderous in a club and it still doesn't sound like it's aged one bit. Because it's such a clean song, and so you know, there's not a lot to it. It's a stomping beat and some sloganeering. You can say that about most Nitzareb songs, really. Fair, but they perfected it. (laughs) You know, they perfected it early on, and the first three albums are basically that, with a few diversions. Uh, Let's not talk about the last album, Big Hit, before they split up, because uh, we're not talking about it. It's fine. Yeah, it's basically don't bother. Uh, And industrial complex, people are divided on it. I don't like it. Aside from a couple of songs, other people loved it. Um, but frankly, when I finally got to see them live in 2008 on the Body of Work tour, when they reformed and remastered all their old hits and played... I went to that. You did indeed you didn't come I? Yes. yes, I saw that. They opened with Getting Closer, played all the hits, and were absolutely bulletproof. And loud. Um, yeah. And then the in fact, one last year was really sweaty. Yeah, I must admit, I didn't watch them... Uh, Infest because it was too warm. It was just I would have fainted, but I did stand outside and listen from outside. Oh. Where I had a, wasn't going to just faint of the heat. I went in the photo pit for the first three songs. You then, came out then went, looking. <laughs> yeah, and then as soon as I was done with the photo pit, I put my camera in my bag, put it on my shoulder, and went and joined Chris and Ali down the front. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you you were. Uh, Damp when you emerged. <laughs> yes, and Chris, uh, Chris turned to me uh, at the end of uh, Murderous, in fact, and went, isn't it lovely to go to church on Sunday? <laughs> uh, and it felt like something like, yeah, this was a band that Infest had been wanting to get through for years and years and years, and it was every bit we'd hoped for. Sadly, of course, there was no Infest this year. There's also no Cold Wave There's this no year There's no nothing now. this yeah. year. Basically, everything's been cancelled. Uh, and uh, the kind of my last hope is that Bimfest might happen in December, but I've got no hope that that's going to happen either. Um, and basically, you know, we're going to be talking about music. I'm going to be writing about it. People are going to be releasing it, but we ain't going to be seeing live shows this year. Seems unlikely. Very uh, unlikely. So, um, we should talk a little bit about what else is going on at the moment. Of um, So... I am DJing quite a bit at the moment. Uh, he is. Um, we're switching from Twitch to Mixcloud. Thanks to Twitch uh, being th- bastards. Well, not really Twitch's fault, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, Rivet will be on the 20th, 20th, um, 26th, 26th of June, the Friday. 26th. Yeah. I know when he's DJing, even if he doesn't. Well, that's good. And Stormblast, if you like your extreme metal, is the night before the 25th of June. Um, and look out for stuff on themodelofcontrol.com about that. And uh, there is, I am currently working my way through the two hundred best 200 tracks of the last decade. Tomorrow will be s- uh, 80 to 61, mm-hmm. I think, tomorrow. Yes. Um, and then the next 20 on Thursday, and then the top 40 next week. Uh, there is also Tuesday 10, 4, 13 coming this week as you listen to this, which will be another of the senses. Uh, the best tracks of the month will be at the end of the month, and I have a review of the Empathy Test album to finally finish Promise uh, in the <laughs> next week. Uh, and I wrote, reviewed the excellent new Brain Claw album last week. Um, but yeah, there's lots going on at the moment. There's lots of new music to discover. Um, um, but you do need to listen out for it and kind of dig a little deeper. And not so much old, uh, new music as, as older stuff, but um, Adam and Adam will, I think, link to this again. Um, friend put together a very good playlist on Spotify of 
uh, goth-adjacent music made by people of colour, um, which was phenomenally good. Oh, well, mostly. I mean, not everything was, was my bag. Uh, I think Adam was surprised by which bits of it I did enjoy. True. Uh, <laughs> um, but is well worth a listen uh, in these current times. Certainly is. Uh, and there's lots more as well. Uh, my friends over at I Die, You Die did a brilliant uh, podcast episode uh, with a couple of people of colour uh, talking about their experiences in the scene and how the scene can do better. And indeed, I've written something similarly, uh, probably not as eloquently as they said it. Because it can do better. I've said a number of times on this podcast about misogyny not being a music genre, and I feel I also need to add that racism is really not a music genre, and our scene should not be doing it. Yes, indeed, and I will echo that uh, Bottleofcontrol.com, as I've said before, is uh, is pro-choice. It is uh, anti-racism. It is anti-transphobia, uh, and it's inclusive. And I will continue to write about the music that I feel that I want to write about, whatever the origin. And if you want to respond to any of that with, you know, white lives matter or any bullshit like that, honestly, fuck off. I'm not going to try and keep listeners if. There, they hold those views. I don't want you to listen. Fair, fine. I will echo that as well. Uh, on a happier note, we will... <laughs> Sorry, uh, that suddenly went a bit uh, heavy, didn't it? Yeah, a little bit, but it needed to be said. Uh, so this was Transmission 022. Uh, we will be back whenever we get round to recording. <laughs> Sorry about another six months. <laughs> yeah. uh, next episode will be Transmission 023, where we will do the last couple of uh, artists under the letter N, and I will give Daisy some reading beforehand, because oh, there, there is some stuff to read about eek. before this. Oh no, I don't um, want homework. Oh no, you will get I homework. I didn't sign up for homework. Uh, and we will be also covering the letter O, because it doesn't take very long. O. O. Uh, and then Transmission 024, whenever that comes around, will be the letter P. There's quite a bit of that P too, so it turns out. Yeah, funny uh, so, um, so, yeah, uh, on that note, thanks for listening. Uh, and uh, we will be back soon, but in the meantime, check a model of control.com or the same on Facebook uh, for updates in the meantime. And thank you for listening. I've been Adam. I'm Daisy. And we'll see you soon. <laughs>